is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host for today, Phil Malloy. I'm joined, as always, by Jake Woolhead. Unfortunately, Dara can't make it this week. Wait, wait. But we'll... Wait, wait. Who's this? Oh! He's oh, here! He did He's make here. it! He made He's it! <laughs> no, go away, Dara. Go away. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Dara will not be uh, playing a speaking role, shall we say, in today's episode. But me and Jake can handle that. We have a lot of off-season news to talk about. Mini camps have started. Uh, so we'll be, will we have a lot to talk about. Uh, some giant stuff coming up as well that I get to talk to Jake about. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Before we dive into it, obviously, we don't have a, a witty Dara intro today. I'm not so good at them, so I'm going to stay away from that and leave it for him. Before we do get started, though... If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We are, of course, available on Twitter and Facebook and Twitch. Uh, and what else are we on? Instagram uh, at undercenterpod on all of that good stuff. If you prefer the audio version of this podcast, you can, of course, find it on all good podcast networks. Just search under center pod. If, if you're lucky, you might find us in your dreams. If you're really, really lucky. If you're, if you're really unlucky, lucky. it'll only be Jake. If you're really lucky, all three of us will show up. That's a nightmare, I, I can assure you. <laughs> Speaking of nightmares, we're going to jump right in. If you guys were listening to us last week, we mentioned that we were in a fantasy league with a whole lot of other uh, podcasters on the NFL. We'll keep you guys updated as to how we're going once that kicks off during the season. Our big draftee at quarterback was Carson Wentz. And unfortunately, this week, it has come out that he is out, I believe, for between 5 and 12 weeks, is it, Jake? That's pretty rough. It is 5 to 12 weeks. So So we're talking about, at best, he's going to be back week 1. At worst, he's going to be back week 7, I believe. So. And Fionn, can you answer me? Who pushed for Carson Wentz in the fantasy draft? Yeah, it might have been me. It might have been me. I mean... Unfortunately, we played super flex draft, so a lot of the real top quarterbacks went before we had a pick. So, look, don't don't come at me in the comments saying, why would you pick Carson, Carson Wentz over anybody else? You guys didn't see our draft board. But, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, it's probably a bigger deal, though, Jake, for the actual team he plays for. That is, of course, Indianapolis Colts this season. It's his first season. How big of an impact is it going to be to miss pretty much the entire of uh, of mini camp and then of course probably the first couple of weeks of the season as well. Yeah, man, that's got to be really rough for the Colts. We always said with Carson Wentz, it was kind of going to change a lot of like how they were going to do. What well, obviously um, he's a good player. We know he can be a good player, and he hasn't obviously performed that way with the Eagles. But this was like a new chance, a new beginning with him. He has it's quite a good supporting cast around him. So. Jeez, this this is a big hit, big hit for a team that probably could have went to the playoffs. I had a decent chance to get there now. Yeah, I think for me, there's two things. So obviously, on the plus side, at least he's playing for Frank Reich. He has experience playing with him when Reich was in the Eagles, uh, in the Eagles team, and of course now playing with him as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that's good. At least he has has some experience in the kind of system that he likes to play. But for me, the huge worry is that this, apparently, it's come out that this is related to a previous injury that he had, which for me is extremely worrying in terms of his long-term stability and health at the quarterback position, especially yeah. when it's happening in the likes of minicamp. He's not coming under big contact, big pressure. They'll have 
rules, three yard, five yard rules about contact on quarterback. So it's really worrying. Obviously, we don't have any clips, uh, but it would it would be most likely that that came under no contact. So I think that's really worrying for the Colts. Yeah, and then I don't know if you've seen the report there as well that the doctors were saying that it could have come from as far back as high school for him. And like that's a crazy injury to be carrying that long from. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know whether he could have played through. I think I've seen some reports that there's a possibility. But as we know, Carson can use his legs. So mm-hmm. that would obviously have hampered that. And then there's obviously now what I mentioned to Fiona earlier was Quinn, Quinn Nelson as well. Same injury. How how mad is that? Five apparently, apparently his is there since birth. He has had that wow. since he was born. That whatever the issue is, we obviously haven't got a whole lot of detail on it. The teams won't release that. They have announced they've both gone for surgery this week, so they'll follow the same timeline, but that's a massive blow to whoever ends up filling Carson Wentz's uh, yeah. seats or, or position. Funny enough that you brought that up. I looked at, did you look at the, the Colts depth chart at quarterback? I didn't even dare it, to look. It ain't pretty. It is a barren wasteland. You know the John Travolta gift where he walks in and he's just, just <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Let me list off the, the quarterbacks. Go um, for it. Okay, so Jacob Eason, we know they drafted him, um, I think it was this year. Then He was Sam out of Washington, Ellinger. right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah brilliant. Texas Longhorns. Yeah, and then uh, as a friend of mine likes to call, Brett Favre-Hundley, which clearly isn't like a real thing from no absolutely so, not that is the the Colts quarterback room um I'm I'm really writing off 12 weeks of the Colts here unless Carson Wentz can come back and yeah with Nelson it could be very interesting as well I've I've heard recently in the offseason that players obviously of course hate getting injured but what makes it worse is when the teams release these timelines and it means that the players feel like they have to stick to this timeline. And what almost makes it worse is two players means if one guy comes back on five weeks and the next guy comes back in 12 weeks, everyone's going to be asking the question, well, is he just not as tough? Is he not going to play through the pain? What's going on here? And that can make things very tricky for players. Especially with an alignment at the quality of Quentin Nelson as well. Losing him is going to be a huge drop off of that line. And, and that has... A ripple effect everywhere. Obviously, the backup is going to need as much protection, but the running backs as well. That's a yeah. that's a pulling guard. He's known for his pancake blocks in the run game. That's going to really impact the team completely on offense. I think. Yeah, sometimes you have a veteran quarterback. You can say maybe they can scheme around a uh, uh, broken O line, but having that a uh, wasteland of a quarterback room is not certainly not going to help them. Yeah, we'll move on now, and one of the big ongoing story so far at the start of the training camp is of course Xavier Howard and his declaration that he wants to move on from the Dolphins camp now he has shown up to mini camps I read today so he has left that door open he is not going to face any fines for holding out or anything like that so that's quite an interesting move on his part I have to say and for me Jake I don't know about you but for me my money's going to lean on him staying at the Dolphins. How do you see this falling out? And if you do see him moving on, what do you think are the top targets? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like the most likely outcome is he is just going to get a restructure of his contract. And if not, we'll just play through um, on what his current contract is. Now, you're talking about uh, 2020 All-Pro. Uh, I think he got his contract with $72 million for four years. But the kick of it is 
it was only 29 million was guaranteed and a player of Xavier's caliber is like that's underpaying a, a lad like that so i can understand mm-hmm. his, his arguments and wanting to be paid more he certainly deserved to be paid more um i think i've seen today the dolphins are on the paying cornerbacks one of the highest amounts of any team that's currently paying cornerbacks so um that's something to kind of watch out for obviously you can't put um too much of your money into one position group because that we just know that's just not going to work um in terms of like teams that maybe we could see him going to for playing the hypothetical game i can see teams like you you'd imagine he would like to go to a, a contender obviously i mean who doesn't but having that uh you could you could probably swallow the paycheck if you're going to win a Super Bowl in a couple of years. I, I'd imagine makes it a little bit easier. So for terms like that, I I, I I'm looking at research here. I have uh, the cards. Cards have got a pretty decent defense. They're kind of on mm-hmm. that cusp where uh, a solid defense and a good performance of Kyler Murray will certainly get them to the playoffs. So that's a team that I could see. I don't know whether they'd give up the the money and give up the the assets to acquire him, but certainly a team to look out for. And then one that I just thought was kind of an interesting one was the Jets. They have a lot of lot of money, as we know the Jets do, and they certainly have a lot of draft capital. Um, and they're in need of cornerbacks. So there's a team that I think could be interested in them. And uh, they also have Zach Wilson now. So maybe they think things are going to start turning around if they can get their defense sorted out. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one though, isn't it? It's quite similar to I'd I'd say the Texans situation where yes, they've agreed that you can seek a trade, but at the same time they haven't said we're going to ask for a reasonable offer they're gonna they can outprice him out of the market nearly especially given he's under contract i reckon they probably will i agree with you i think they'll probably restructure his deal Uh, and mostly because many of the teams that would that could pay him i think and and known Xavier howard and the quality that he has any team that already has a top top tier corner i think is going to stay away just because of like you said, the price you have to pay to have two of those goes on your roster. So, and I think what removes the Jets is why would you play for the Jets if you're already playing for the Dolphins? That's not a, it's not a step up. You're not about to win a, even a division, I'll, never mind it. I'll tell you why. Because if he can get a bag, he'll go to any team. We've that's very that true. That's exactly very that. true. And that's why I'm guessing that the bag will come from the Dolphins. They have, as far as I know, not no money to spend. So they do have a little bit of money to spend. They can jig things around. We've all seen how the contracts went down this season in terms of uh, offset years and guaranteed money here and all this other stuff. So, so it wouldn't me surprise you, me. What would you value as Xavier Howard? What's he on at the moment? I mean, uh, it's a $4 million, $72 million contract with 29 guaranteed. But more so, what would you trade for him? What would you give up for him? Oh, what would I give up from? I don't know. I would. I would. I think I could give up a first round for Xavier Howard. I don't yeah, know if I'd I give up much that, more yeah. than that. I'm just thinking what, like, he has proven it. And there's not many corners that are on that tier out there at the moment, especially ones you can actually poach from a team that they're on. So, yeah, I think he's worth the first rounder, especially if you're on a more settled team where you don't need to rebuild any particular area of your offense of your offense or your defense of your team in general so yeah i'd give up probably a first rounder to try and get him yeah i would have thought a first rounder and maybe a, a third rounder or something like that that might do it just to kind of sweeten the deal a little bit to get him on your side um, what um, age is he jake i should have that in front of me but i don't i'm not too sure i can find out now though um i, I he's quite young though is he now well if he's young i'd be i'd be certainly getting him for at least 80 million probably three four more years as well 
He is. Oh, he's not that young. He's 28. I mean, still 28. Still okay. Good. I can give yeah. him a four year contract at 28. Yeah. Give him 80. I don't know what the top corners are getting. I have to admit contracts is not my strongest area of expertise, but uh, yeah, I'd, I could see them getting 80 over four with probably yeah. half that guaranteed. Maybe. Yeah. Probably something like that. He might Incredible. be with that. That's the, I mean, watch, watch his contract. Watch his contract end up absolutely nowhere near what I just hypothesized. <laughs> Highest paid cornerback in any <laughs> upcoming Patrick Mahomes deal for a cornerback. Now. <laughs> half a half a billion for ten half years yeah. at twenty eight. That will be a whopper deal. Yeah, it will be a good deal. Yeah, I tell you who's not getting a good deal though, and that's Calvin Benjamin. He's not getting no money. He, if you didn't hear, guys, got released by the Giants at the very start of minicamp. Allegedly, there was all sorts of problems. He was upset about how uh, the coaching staff was cursing at him. Uh, they alleged that they caught him stealing from the canteen, uh, <laughs> taking taking buns home in his pocket to feed his family because, of course, he is broke. He has never played in the NFL. He has had minimum contracts everywhere he goes. So, yeah, what did you make of that? First of all, maybe what did you think of the acquisition of Calvin Benjamin in the first place? Do you know what? Like, I mean, it's camp. You got 93 guys. Like, mm-hmm. I'll allow signing somebody for whatever it is, if that min, I suppose it would be for Calvin Benjamin. Um, just to get a camp out of we know he was at least a first round pick. We know he had some talent. Um, obviously he hasn't panned out. Um, I was okay with it. I mean, I'm okay with taking flyers in camp. Like, it's not like you're signing them to be your starting tight end converted from a wide receiver so i'm absolutely okay with it now i don't know if you heard know too much about this story i just love the whole story firstly we've seen the picture of him walking off and dave gettleman chasing him and then all the jokes about kelvin benjamin stealing all the food started but what actually happened was he came in at uh 265 pounds um and joe judge and i'm sure some of the other staff said we need you to drop the 251 pounds if you want to stay on the team and then, so what happens when he comes to camp? He was 268. So not oh, only did he not lose anyway, <laughs> he gained three pounds, okay? And I don't know, right? I didn't certainly didn't notice up until the Kelvin Benjamin cut, okay? Players can be fined from their team for being over the, the team weight that they specify. Absolutely, so yeah. For, for those who don't know, it is not uncommon for players of all positions, not just ones who have struggled with their weight, of all positions to have off-season uh, weight targets for re-entry into minicamp uh, and OTAs as well. And some of the teams are okay with that, but yeah, it's very common for also to be a fine. Somewhere, some I've I've heard people, I know Pat McAfee talks about it on his show, he's had people, I believe it was like t- $1,000 per pound over your, your target was- weight. I thought the max was 700 per pound, but I could be wrong on that. Okay, well... Um, I did... There's a Giants beat reporter, Dan Duggan. He's excellent, but he was tweeting that uh, Kelvin Benjamin may have done some maths in his head because um, his fine for being overweight was amounting to $12,000 and players aren't paid their full salary at training camp. So what he would have came out with at the end of training camp, had he been cut at the end of it, was $14,000. So you got to take your twelve grand off of that because you're overweight. But now he gets twelve grand up front um, because like, it's just so crazy. I, just I don't see. Know. I see. A little strategic maneuver. He, of course, yeah. is not the only man to have a, a weight problem. We've had the same thing with Eddie Lacy. People will remember a few years ago, he came back heavier and heavier and heavier. I believe he had the yeah. same problem in Carolina, didn't he, Benjamin? 
this is not the first time he's had oh, issue yeah, yeah, making yeah. targets. Over, yeah, he's been overweight. And then just coming back and like to the to giving out about coaches, say coaches cursing at you and stuff. But I mean, you're a grown ass man paying in a, a multi million dollar league, get potential to get a contract for a couple of hundred grand for the year. You're gonna get shouted at. Get over it, man. Yeah, it's it's we, one of those things when things are going good for you and it's someone else being cursed out. You're like, yeah, this is good. This is fire. We like this. We like the the energy of the team, but when it's you on the other end and you know you're wrong and you're a little bit cheapest and there's nothing you can do about it, then yeah, I think look, this is by no means the first coach that's ever cursed at him, surely to God. I know Ron Rivera was in was in Carolina when he was there. I don't know much it, of how uh Ron Rivera coaches, uh whether he's a cursor or a or a dynamic guy like like um ugh. The Colts quarterback from last season who never curses. Philip Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, mind blank. Philip Rivers. He never curses. So uh yeah, I think I think it's a little bit sensitive because he was a little bit overweight and the guys were teasing him in the locker room, probably maybe whipping him with towels and things. You know how it goes. So <laughs> maybe he was a little <laughs> little overly sensitive that day. Yeah, he's obviously been off the off league for a while. He obviously gained some weight, so he decided instead of staying at wide receiver, we'll convert to a tight end because uh, obviously that's a lot easier to get at a, a higher weight. So maybe he thought he wouldn't have to lose so much weight. But... This is another one, and and but I don't think I don't think two was it two fifty six they asked him to hit. He was two. Let me see. I have it here. It, he was two sixty five, and they asked him to go to two fifty one. Two fifty one pounds. But two fifty I mean, is a, if you have 250... a dietitian all that shit, you'll get you'll you'll find the weight somewhere like and it's not harsh. Like two fifty is a plenty big tight end. It's not like they're asking them to be a teeny tiny tight end and just be running routes from a from a tight end position, but uh, if you ask me, it was another one of the Tim Tebow friendly signing. We know Dave Gettleman drafted him. Dave mm-hmm. Gettleman now is the GM of the Giants, so maybe it was a bit like here, Joe, let me get my old friend in here, get him a little get a little bit of money in, and then Joe is just not having any of it. Well, like you said, it's 93 man roster for the for the mini camp. So you don't really lose anything by giving a goal that you at least know you scouted. You can you you have to still believe the talent is in there, but the Giants have had more than that issues at the moment. It is breaking news or almost breaking news that they ended this mini camp day, this session with an all-out brawl in the middle of the pitch. And look, it's mini-camp. Guys on the bubble, they get a bit feisty. They know they got to make plays. That's It's part and parcel of the game. Anyone who's seen hard knocks sees there's an argy-bargy here or there, especially inter-squad scrimmage can always get a bit feisty. What you never want is your admittedly not quite star, but quarterback to be at the bottom of that pile in the middle of the pitch. That is not the best place for Daniel Jones to be during minicamp. I'll certainly agree with you. It's not where you uh, <laughs> want your quarterback to be. But having said that, maybe he wanted to be at the bottom of the pile. Like, I like he's in the lads. He's, maybe he was getting protective over some of the other guys. You never know. I'm all well, for a bit of fire in camp, though. I'm all for it. Well, we've seen quarterbacks get a bit argy-bargy before trying to prove they can play real big man football. So maybe that's what he... I did. Obviously, I haven't seen any clips of it. I just wanted to bring up to tease you more than anything else. I don't know if, if you've seen any clips of it, but... Uh, yeah, not brilliant. 
Yeah, haven't seen maybe... any clips of the dog dive, all right, now, but I will be looking out for it. <laughs> maybe he's diving at ankles, like the classic, the small man, dive at the ankles, <laughs> trying to lumber, lumber, chop him down to the ground. But look, not ideal for the Giants, but we'll move on. And someone else who's not had an ideal start to minicamp, and that is God's saviour to football, Trevor Lawrence. He struggled and has been struggling, and he reminded everybody that despite the hype, despite the unanimous number one pick on everybody's big board he is still a rookie he is still right out of college and he can't still make mistakes he's been struggling so far in the in the jaguars mini camp yeah i think i seen a report where he completed one pass out of 11 on a uh, one pass out of 11 on 11 11s or something a lot of 11s were there but he completed one pass i think that's i mean it's not like a telling thing he's still probably going to be a, a great quarterback but you still would like to see flashes of excellence here this is why he has been anointed automatically maybe that's the bad thing he was anointed too early as the best quarterback of all time since Andrew Luck so maybe that's a bit of a problem you have but um yeah I don't know I mean I'm not going to take too much uh into it it is camp you do try to tend to practice some of your weaker aspects if you will um, mm-hmm. and once you like you got to practice it. you got to throw out the stuff that you don't usually run just so you can get that into your head get that buddy we all know he's a talented guy so um yeah i'm all for trying stuff like that and failing just at camp yeah it's an interesting time of the year isn't it i'm sure if you go on the jaguars twitter at the moment uh, and have a read around of what opinions are flying about there'll be guys slating them there'll be guys hyping them up uh the team will, will of course say no he's doing excellent he's learning the playbook it was just the drill he was supposed to throw interceptions in that drill that's what we wanted him to do <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff going on so yeah like you i wouldn't read into it i think the main reason we're bringing it up is just to remind people like this guy's human okay he might not come out and and bring the jaguars all the way to the super bowl this season it might take him a year or two to get the nfl under his are in the off season that is the season of all hype all the time like everybody is hyping up every little aspect of it so he chose the interception incompletion whatever it's the worst thing in the world yeah and it's worth done it's worth remembering as well that for every Herbert and Luck that comes out and lights it up in their first year, there's a Ryan Leaf who disappears <laughs> and never does anything. Number one pick is fantastic. And in this day and age with the collective bargaining agreement, it gets you a lot of money, but it doesn't guarantee any amount of success in the NFL. Yeah. And do you know who, by all accounts, is doing great in camp for the Jaguars? Trap Setian seems to be doing a lot of good things on the team, catching a lot of passes and stuff. Rave I- reviews about him. I think they'll be happy with that. Anytime you can get a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield in today's NFL, it's almost a must. We're, we're seeing more and more of those, uh, especially those big heavies, those rumblers who are literally uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. They're really being left behind. You need to be dynamic these days, whether that is cutting outside, even if you don't have the speed, just being able to bounce or catch a ball or just make the defense try and think about yeah. two things when you're on the pitch. So, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I liked him in, in college. Of course, running backs tend to get blown out of proportion in, in college. Jonathan Taylor obviously was dominant in college. Had a great end to last season, but didn't start the season particularly hot. So we'll have a look and see where he, where he progresses. Certainly, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be very happy if he's catching passes out of the backfield. I can see him being a huge safety blanket for him. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, having that familiarity with your own quarterback from obviously college going into the pros is going to be a huge bonus for both of them. It's that safety mm-hmm. blanket for Trevor Lawrence, and then Travis Etienne will know he'll be able to have the ball a good few times on them checkdowns and everything. He'll be looked at a lot of times, I'm sure. So that's the end of the really tangible news for this week. But we have one last segment. We have a little bit of time left, and we have one last segment we wanted to touch on, and that is whispers or rumors that we might have the Austin Bills next season. The Buffalo Bills are getting a bit grumpy with their stadium. They want a new stadium. They, of course, have billionaire owners, but typically that money seems to be tied up in in other ventures at the moment. And they've asked the NFL to make the taxpayer pay for this brand new stadium slash upgrades and have threatened that if they don't receive this ransom money, Uh, that they will move to Austin, Texas, which, of course, uh, I heard uh, Pat McAfee again talk about every team wanted to move to L.A. for the last 10 years. Now two teams are in L.A. Now apparently everyone wants to move to Austin. That's where all the tech guys from L.A. have gone, and it looks like that's where the teams want to go now too. Yeah, I just can't imagine saying the Austin Bills. Who will be the the sole New York team then if the Austin Bills are a thing? It's just such a big move as well. Can you another, imagine another Texas team? It's just crazy. I mean, yeah. as it is all speculation at this point, he is just trying to force the Bills or the Buffalo to buy a new stadium for upgrade that stadium, whatever he wants. But I think, I mean, either they won't move or they'll end up paying for a new stadium because... I mean, a team that's as upcoming as the Buffalo Bills are, like they're close to Super Bowl contention as almost any other team. So you don't want to be losing that out of your city if you had the chance. I was about to say, and they they have got a great chance, obviously, of being in the Super Bowl over the next maybe 10-year span, especially with Allen at quarterback. Uh, And it's worth remembering, it's a little bit weird for us over here to hear about taxpayers having to pay for stadiums. We're used to the owners having to pay for all that stuff. But it does bring a lot, and the NFL has shown in recent years uh, that if you have a brand new stadium, you're extremely likely to get fitted onto that Super Bowl roster of of venues for the Super Bowl, and that can bring in that can nearly pay off the stadium in one year if you get that. So I think the team itself is worth it. The stadium they have is quite basic by today's standards. If they do, though, if they do upgrade the stadium, and obviously I hope they do, or get a brand new one, I hope they leave it open. I think that's a huge advantage to those northern-based teams that have got to play in the cold, something the Vikings don't have, but the likes of the Patriots and the Packers do. When you get to that cutting edge of the season, you got to go, and you can barely feel your fingers as an opposition quarterback trying to throw the ball. Okay, you expect a top quarterback to be able to do it, but it just adds that extra little mental wrinkle into the into the match. I really like that. I think they should keep it open as much as they can. Yeah, it's kind of one of them competitive advantages that's not often talked about is this kind of weather dependent. Now, a lot of people might give out about that sort of stuff, but it's kind of part of the game, I think, as well. I completely agree with you. If you come December, January, you're vying for a playoff spot and you're uh, used to playing in the, the, the cold and then a quarterback comes in from like uh, the east side, yeah, east side. Um, and uh, he's, he's just playing in the warmth. It's going to be harder. Like, it's absolutely going to be harder. And I just think that kind of adds a little bit more fun to it. And it's a, it's a bit of an extra kind of thing to watch out for sometimes. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you said, the Austin Bills, 
is a terrible name. They if they do move to Austin, they'll have to change the nickname for Who's sure. Who's gonna jump on tables then? I mean, like <laughs> this is it. Like that as much as Buffalo. Well, like. Knowing how crazy Bills Mafia are, they probably still commute every single Sunday <laughs> down to Austin just to just to <laughs> jump on tables. They don't even have to watch the match. In fact. That might be a better way. Don't put seats in the in the new stadium. Just put tables. They'll jump off the balconies. Yeah, they're gonna break if they jump on the tables, though. Fold them in half and just sit there and watch the game. (laughs) Throw some beers down from the top deck. See who catches them and let them go from there. Anyway. We have made it to the end, Jake. Thank God we managed to fill about 30 minutes of a show. Dara will be very proud. I don't know if he's going to make another guest appearance before we leave tonight. Uh, I have a feeling he's he's on his way. No, it's not happening for me. It's not happening. Okay, we'll move on. We'll cut that bit out. Don't worry. It's a live show, but we'll cut it out. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for your time, guys. Uh, again, like we said at the top, if you're watching this, on youtube please like and do subscribe as well to the channel it really helps us out we reached a thousand followers recently on twitter we'd love to bring that up to a thousand subscribers on youtube really get the message out uh if you're obviously if you are liking the show and all this content you can of course get the audio version of this show and all our previous shows on all good podcasting streaming platforms you can follow us on Facebook. We are under Center Pod, Twitter at under Center Pod, and Instagram at under Center Pod. You can also find us on Twitch as well, twitch.tv forward slash under Center Pod. Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will, of course, be back again later on in the week with our special guest, Jeff Rainbow. We are looking forward to that a lot. Hopefully, like I said, we'll have Dara along with us as well. It's a it's a huge guest for us. We're all big fans of his. So we're looking forward to, to having just a few moments of his time to get to talk about everything that's in his brain, American football. But until then, Jake, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Phil. And for me, we'll see you again. Thank you.